Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey guys, Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at y'all live today. It's a, what, terrific Tuesday. It's been Tuesday all day long from the beginning to the end. Oh my gosh. I'm going to plug these two books real quick. Brian's book, From Fear to Love and The Great Behavior Breakdown. Both of these are fab fabulous reads, fantastic books that can help you understand the impact of trauma. It can help you understand uh, what we can do as parents and professionals to help our kids on the healing journey. It can help us understand why oftentimes traditional parenting approaches um, can actually be fuel to the fire. They can actually um, add to the very behaviors that we are hoping to reduce because oftentimes traditional parenting simply adds more stress to stressful situations. Um, there's an article on our Facebook page um, that David DeRoby wrote that I can't wait to read, <laughs> but I've not read it yet, but I will. Um, it came out through email. Um, if you're not on our email list, I strongly encourage it. Go to postinstitute.com. There's a place up in the right-hand corner where you can sign up to be on our email list. Um, not only do you get these fabulous, helpful articles from David, but also um, any new learning opportunities that we offer, we always offer to our email list first. And so they get first opportunity to be a part of things like our private coaching or our book study groups. And so um, postinstitute.com. So today I want to talk a little bit about school. Um, it's so ironic because it was already percolating in my mind as a good topic tonight. And then um, this morning, uh, one of our followers, David Pike, commented on a post saying, can you talk a little bit about school? Because my 14-year-old is really, really struggling with this uh, online learning platforms and going back and forth between screen reading and book reading. And it's just really causing him to have a lot of um, a lot of challenges and then those challenges then cause uh, stress for parents so let's just talk about all of that a little bit um, I've talked to a lot of families about school lately um, this year has been this year has been one for the record book already hadn't it I mean my goodness first of all let's just talk about online learning in general um, online learning to me is a lot like being an entrepreneur. So, uh, because I'm a, I've been both, I've worked for companies where I needed to show up at a certain time and clock in and clock out. I've worked for businesses where I pretty much worked independently and just submitted my work. And then I also, now I work as an entrepreneur and a business owner. Um, and there's a huge difference, a huge difference difference. So when you go to work for a company, you go to work. You have a set time where you're scheduled to be at work and you show up and depending on the kind of company you work for, the kind of job that you have will determine what your duties are when you're there. And sometimes there are duties that you know and sometimes there are duties that, you t that they tell you each day. Sometimes even you don't have to do much. You get paid because you showed up when you were told to show up, right? And that's how that part of the workforce is. Then uh, if you're an entrepreneur, 
you could get up and do nothing all day and then you wouldn't really make any money. <laughs> or you get up and you have ideas or a list of things to do from the day before, things that you know need to be accomplished and you work through your tasks because it is your business and you are working for yourself, for your business to grow and for you to hopefully be contributing something good to the world and to be able to earn a living. Um, so do you see how vastly different those two things are? One, you just pretty much show up when they tell you to get there and you just kind of do whatever they tell you to do. And you, by that, in that, you earn your reward of payment. Uh, the other, you got to get yourself wherever you're supposed to be at your own desire, at your own initiation. You have to have yourself organized. You have to have a plan about what you're going to do. You have to have an idea about how what you're going to do is going to flow into something that ends up being successful. Not always is successful, but you know, that's, that's the process, right? So it's very similar. It's a very similar setup for kids in the online learning arena. Um, it is not for everyone. And yet many kids are being asked to be in that arena. There's not another choice. I'm going to pause for a minute because uh, Jenny said we had to step back from online school for our third grader because it was so clearly creating stress. And Julia says, hi, Jenny, excellent word. That's a very good word. Um, she just said, we just stepped back from it. So do you see the setup? <laughs> the setup is that online school, one, they're all different. So some school systems are set up where you log into your computer almost as if you're going to class and you're in front of the computer all day like you're going to class. That is a lot of time to sit. Um, it's not a lot of engagement. You don't have a lot of, depending on your ability to manage the screen and the platform and clicking in and typing comments or unmuting and being able to contribute verbally, you don't have that same kind of interaction. You don't have, it's just a very different flow. It's such a different flow. I mean, I don't know, you know, you're sitting, you compare it to sitting at a desk at school and you have a live person in front of you and you have live people next to you and you have all this engagement and you have the energy of other people in the room and you have the camaraderie of other people in the room and then you listen and you learn and you watch on the chalkboard and then the teacher hands out your papers and then you do your papers and you hand them back and you get all this feedback about how great you are. The same way that we in the workplace, if we go to work to an office and you have you have these ways that our that our social emotional needs get met. We have these interactions, and it's not that people are looking at you every day and saying, "Oh, you're wonderful and amazing," but because of the feedback, the facial expressions, their body language, all these different things, give you information that let you know you're a good enough person. And when we don't have those things, we struggle. It's, an, it's a huge adjustment to not be out in the social world. It's a huge adjustment for our children to not be in whatever their traditional learning system is. Allison says, if processing disorders involved, my kiddo is sinking, his heart is breaking in mine too. Yes, it's a whole different kind of processing because it's all like you're watching and listening. And not everybody processes at the same speed. A lot of kids, oh my goodness, slow processing speed is a big thing 
for many, many kids who come from traumatic backgrounds. Then you layer things like people who are more visual, more kinesthetic, more, you know, there's all these different little nuances to learning styles and learning preferences that all have to be taken into consideration. So, it's all a really big deal. I mean, it's a really big deal in the sense of the amount of stress that it can create. And and it's easy to feel self-defeated and it's easy to feel like a failure because you might not be succeeding in learning in the style that online learning presents. Um, I was just talking to a friend of ours um, last week I actually got on to do a business meeting and we ended up talking about school related things because um, it's a public school, but the public school is using an online platform and they've not done any modifications and they just kind of threw it at the kids and said, here, do it. And so, <laughs> so poorly thought out. You guys ever feel like that? Like you just want to bang your head against the wall because it's so frustrating and then I'm sure the school must be experiencing a lot of frustration so they've got whatever their agenda is for whatever's supposed to be being accomplished and when it's not being accomplished instead of them slowing down and going wait a minute this child is really bright and yet we see that they're really struggling with this online platform what's going on and what can we do to really help them get caught up? Can we modify the assignments? Yes, most learning platforms can be modified. Most of them, the teacher can go in and eliminate uh, like half of the work and you just can be to the part where you get one piece of instruction and a quiz and you don't have to watch an hour worth of repetitive videos. But not all public schools who are using the platform really know that because they're not experts at doing online school. So they're public schools who are now stepping into the arena of doing online school and they're not experts at how to navigate those softwares either. So we have, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. No offense to people who are visually impaired, but my goodness, a lot of people are really lost and really frustrated and then all the way down. So we have these we have these administrators who are frustrated, then the teachers, it gets passed down to the teachers, all these pressure, all these expectations, why aren't your kids doing well? I'm sure that's the conversation. And then that filters down, and because it's online, it filters down to the student, and then the student says to their parent, I'm not, you know, I'm 100 assignments behind, and they just keep piling up, and I have no idea how I'm gonna get caught up. I don't know how self-esteem will recover. Andrea says, even the well-thought-out online programs are struggling for our kids, I think. Yes. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about all of it. Um, whew. <laughs> I'm going to practice what I preached. Just give me a minute. I'm going to take a deep breath because, one, that is really overwhelming to me, too. Just thinking about all of it. You can tell I just my brain just went pop. And um, I've had uh, an interesting day. Like I felt really edgy today. So let me just take a deep breath and kind of collect my thoughts about this. First of all, this is school. This isn't life and death. And we know that sometimes 
if we push, if our children are too stressed out and too overwhelmed, let me just tell you that statistically speaking, this is statistics, this isn't me making it up, statistics say that um, children who come from trauma consider suicide, they have suicidal ideations four times more likely than people who don't come from trauma. So let's not make this life and death. Let's just bring this all down real quick because this is not life and death and we do not need to make it life and death. And if we put too much, if we create too much stress and anxiety and pressure around it, then we're not going to make progress. We're just going to see everybody get into survival, fight, flight, and freeze. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, right? So let's just bring it all down a little bit. So depending on your child's age, this conversation will make a difference. So one piece is let's all remember the very basics of what we need just to make it in this world. So uh, reading is extremely helpful. But now there's technology for people who are non-readers that can be attached right to uh, your eyeglasses and you can focus on something and tap on it and it will read it right into your ear. So that's pretty cool to know. Uh, basic math is very helpful, being able to do basic addition and subtraction so that you don't have to pull out a calculator for everything. That's really helpful. But because we have smartphones, I was getting ready to pick mine up, but I'm talking to it. That's the kind of day it's been for me today. So we can get really anxious and stressed because the world says you have to finish high school. You need a high school diploma so that you can be able to gain employment, so that you can be able to take care of yourself. And as valid as that is, oftentimes we're super stressed out about something that's so far in the future. And I want to make sure that you all know that in the public school setting, by law, our students can be in the public school setting up to age 21. So if you're using an online platform that's connected to the public school and you're behind a class, maybe one sort of set of classes you're a freshman and another set of classes you're in 11th grade or whatever, you have until you're 21 to freely engage through that educational platform. So there's a little time we can buy, right? We can't learn when our brains are hijacked so when we're in fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, no learning's really taking place. So that tells us that we have more time than we realize, that we can be creating a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety, and sometimes that stress and anxiety that's being created, it's filtering down from the powers that be down to the teacher, then it's handed to you as a parent and to your student to try to figure out. And um, who was it that said, you know, we just had to pull back. We had to pull back. It was becoming too stressful and it was affecting my child's self-esteem in a way that was completely non-productive. So the next piece is trust what you know about your child. You are the expert on your child. Trust what you know about them. Sometimes our anxiety comes from our own need to please the teacher. So our own need as parents 
and it could be a subconscious blueprint of our need to please the adults. And even though we're adults, sometimes when we're dealing with authority figures like the school, then we trip up into a place where we're not really being adult. And so it may feel very adult-like to be like, oh, we have to finish school, we have to do all this stuff, and we have to do it, you know, we have to get caught up, and we have to make grades so that we can pass the fourth grade or whatever grade we're in. <sighs> this year will be a year for the books for everybody. Our entire country has been affected by the pandemic. Every school system is dealing with it differently, but every school system is affected. Um, I want to scroll back up because I wanted to pause. My partner is a fourth grade teacher. He is working long and hard to connect with every student. Allison, I appreciate that. I have absolutely refused to break our connection by making him sit there. The IEP was interesting for sure. She's talking about, um, I'm guessing that your child is on an IEP and um, you're refusing to break your relationship with your child in order to meet the demands of what the school says is supposed to happen. Think about how confusing it is for our children, especially our younger children, because they're home and you're home and everything in them says, when I'm home and I'm with mom, we're doing mom, dad, mom, dad, we're doing family. School is school. And that's where I do that. And now it's all confused and mixed up. And so that's another element of complication for our children. Um, so let's, let's talk about a few little practical things. Um, one, I feel like it is important to help them love learning. And if the process that you're experiencing through whatever platforms you're using isn't inviting a love for learning, then even though it may be meeting a requirement that's handed down by the powers that be, it's really defeating everything about learning. And so learning can happen. It happens. It's happening all the time. And I know like we get anxious about how much time they're on their phones and how much time they're spending playing games and things like that. So one thing I want to invite you to do is, if that's your child, if they're like, they're not even doing their online school, they're just over there piddling around with their phone, find out what they're interested in on their phone, see what they're looking at. There could be educational value to what they're looking at that you just have to look at it from that lens as opposed to just not liking it because it's a game and it's on the phone and it's not something assigned by the school to be able to just look at what it is that they're interested in and you might find that there's some real learning going on there and it may be something that they really do need to learn about that they weren't getting. It's kind of like, you know, thinking from that Montessori type of education perspective that's very child-led where in elementary Montessori, you know, they have lots of different learning activities and children are free to roam until they land on something and it sparks their interest. And what you find in that is it will spark an interest and in what what many online kind of learn games and they look like games you know there are some things that look very much like learning because it has two plus two equals and you have to put the right answer in and you know that's a definitely a software that's teaching math 
But math can also be learned like when they're playing Minecraft and there's those rhythms and those patterns that are all underlying in the world of math as well as music. Um, my son, who's now 27, he did not do school well. Uh, he didn't grow up going to school. And so his first experience of school was when he was high school age. And uh, it was really hard for him. It, it didn't fit him very well, but he was definitely a gamer. And I can tell you many times when we would, when it was my shift at the group home, I sure would contemplate locking those cords up because in my mind, my, my blueprints were like, you know, that's not good. He shouldn't be doing that. That he needed to be getting his education. <laughs> then I had to get behind him and watch what he was doing. And I watched him learn English. I watched him learn English by playing Minecraft. And he'd be like, Ma, how do you spell? Blah, blah, blah. And he learned how to write. And so the game taught him how to use his resources because you have to manage your resources in that game. It taught him how to cooperate with other players. So it taught cooperation. It taught language because he needed to, he was wanting to learn English. Uh, it is not his first language. And yet there he was able to do it because it was in a format and in a platform that really had him interested in a way that going to an English class would never have. So I say all of that to simply say that I find great value in preserving the love of learning. And in order to preserve the love of learning, sometimes we have to get more creative than what these learning platforms are offering. And if your child is not doing well in this online structure that's presented, then it may be time to, one, the first step is to look at it with them. Look at it with them and see if you can identify what the snag is. Like, where is it that they're getting snagged up? And if you sit there and watch it and you're bored within the first 15 minutes, you know, how do you think that's going to be for your child to sit in there all by themselves? I mean, sitting there all by yourself watching this person talk for hours and hours on the screen and you don't really get a chance to have input and your thoughts aren't being considered and you don't, it's just not the same kind of engagement. And so if that's the case, then it may be that, uh, but there's several things you can do. I mean, there's several creative strategies. So let's just talk about some of the creative ideas. So one thought would be, um, and I'm thinking about this other graphic that was up today about containment. A lot of times people think when you say the word containment that you're talking about forced holding or something like that. And that's not the case at all. Containment simply means making the space smaller. And so sometimes children need a smaller space because the huge space is too overwhelming. So in this idea, there are some children who will do better if they're doing school in a room by themselves and maybe they have a fidget toy or something to sort of keep them occupied and that's all that they need and they're off and running. So there's that place. There's other kids that uh, they're gonna need to have their learning um, set up, their desk or their computer or whatever needs to be uh, in the same room where you are. So if you're working from home, then they may need to have their school setup needs to be right there where you are working from home. And then you're gonna have to learn how to multitask. So I say this coming from being an entrepreneur who also is a homeschooling mom. And for years, 
for years, Marley would be right there with me while I was working. You know, she grew up in my lap with me being at the desk or answering phone calls, um, talking to parents. You know, there were times when I have to say, I'm going to have to call you back because my baby needs to be fed. You know, that was the, that's the life of when you are working from home and you also have children at home or you have children learning from home. And so you learn this flow. And so... One of the things that I've learned is with about middle school age, um, they may be able to work, may be able to work up to an hour to an hour and a half, maybe two independently, but every couple of hours you need to be going in and just sticking your head in and saying, are you still alive in here? Bring them a snack. How's it going? What are you working on? Just keep them, let them know that you're still there. You're still connected. And that's like, you know, late middle school and up. Um, with elementary school age children, they need a lot more than that. They probably need connection about every 30 minutes. And it may even be, now I had one mom because she was working from home. And so after we talked about what their routine was, I said, well, she was like, I'm just so frustrated because I'm in here working and I come in and I expect him to have these assignments finished and he's not even hardly started. And I was like, well, he's needing that adult support. He's needing that adult regulation and connection to be able to do what's being asked of him. So it's going to be, instead of trying to have these expectations and continue in that dance of frustration where you're both frustrated, he is doing the best that he can. It's just what's being asked is really a lot. It's a lot. What's being asked of our kids is a ton. You know, it'd be one thing if this was just for like a week or so, but now it's like this whole learning paradigm to just be sitting home by yourself at your computer trying to do this learning. And our younger kids, you know, it's a big deal. So my suggestion to her was go in every two hours. And so every two hours, you need to take about a 30 minute break from your work and go sit with him for the first 10 or 15 minutes and connect and try to get him on task and let him work for about 30 minutes independently and see how that flows. And it may be that you just have to schedule your work day so that at the end of your work day, you spend about an hour to two hours with him getting this work done. Because being able to stay focused on this very dry material, you know, our kids are used to games that things are coming at them really fast and now they're just sitting there watching somebody talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, I know a lot of teachers and a lot of school systems who are using things like um, Crash Course as supplement. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Crash Course created by John Green, but it's really fun. It's really great. Um, and it's a fast pace. Like you, there's no way you can collect all the information that's spit out, um, but you can catch the nuggets. Um, the other thing is, you know, there may it may be that. For some children, you just scrap all of it. Just scrap all the online platform. Just toss it out and just take it back to the basics. You know, um, if you have a printer at home and depending on their ages and you print off coloring sheets and you print off dot to dots and you print off simple math and you sit down with them and you do M&M math and you have a tea party, and you split up the crackers, and you divide them by the number of people who are at your party, and every day you just do some, maybe one, two, or three, very simple 
educational-based activities that you know your child can do, that, and then the next day you step it up just a little bit. You just And so then we're keeping their skills fresh, we're keeping it fun, we're keeping it interactive, we're keeping involved as parents, and trust that this year, again, this is, this is one for the record book. Now, there's some kids who are excelling. It's like this is their stride. They've been waiting. They've just been waiting for this opportunity to just learn on their own and take off running. But that's not the case for most. You know, for most, for most, this is a struggle. And then to layer it with one day we're in school in person and then the next day we're in school online and we know that for many of our kids who come from traumatic backgrounds and also for younger children in general that consistency the reason they love consistency is it gives them a sense of mastery so when we don't have the consistency that they need then they will flounder and uh, somebody in the comments mentioned that how detrimental it's been to the self-esteem and you're not sure if you can rebuild it. So what I would say to that is make sure that you create opportunities for them to do things that you know are their strengths and to give them plenty of time just to pour into that, for them to rebuild this. Because the truth is everybody's good at something and nobody's good at everything. And this year and this style of learning is tapping into many people's weaknesses. And it's really unfair. It's really unfair. So, um, let's see. I talked a little bit about the learning environment. Um, and I just want you guys to have really realistic expectations. You know? Um, the idea of a, an eight-year-old sitting in a room by themselves looking at the computer to be their education, honestly, it just breaks my heart. Like, that just feels sad. Now, if they're sitting there with you, and they've got the laptop, and they're at the kitchen table, and you're doing some stuff, and they're doing some stuff, or you're clicking, and they're doing school, then that doesn't make me feel sad. But what does make me feel sad is the idea that they're sitting in a room by themselves, and you're over in a room by yourself doing your work, and all of this pressure to succeed is falling in the laps of our children and they, they feel lost. And then when I layer that with the imagination of trauma and trauma experiences, and especially children who have experienced neglect and how this whole scenario could be completely reflective of what that experience may have been like. Um, I'm just picturing, like in my mind, I'm just letting my mind imagine um, environments of neglect and abandonment and our kids feeling abandoned, sitting in a room by themselves, looking at a computer screen, feeling pressure to be successful. And so um, for our children, this is multi-layered and the relationship is more important than the learning. There's no real learning taking place when their brains are stressed out and overwhelmed, when they're in fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn, when they're hijacked into survival. There's no real learning taking place. So that means that they're just going through the motions in order to meet the requirements of some outside authority figure. As adults, as parents, I encourage you to take a deep breath, to check yourself, to check to see if the anxiety that we're feeling is really because 
what it is that's in front of them is so absolutely imperative that they learn right this minute. Or if it's because we all have these stories in our minds about meeting the expectations of people that we view as authority figures. And that is in no way trying to say that school and education is not important. But it is to say that there's a whole lot of different ways to get there. There's a whole lot of different ways to get there. And I can tell you, um, you know, I graduated in 1984. And so it was at a time when having your diploma was extremely important. And having the ability to go to college was extremely, like, all, it was almost expected. And yet it wasn't for everyone. So I have so many friends. And I look back and I look at those friends and they didn't know that school wasn't their thing. They didn't do well in school, but they were able to do well enough, well enough. And now I look at them and they're business owners, they're entrepreneurs, um, they're craftsmen, they're community leaders, um, they're creative, um, they're parents, they're grandparents, they're spouses. So we can do a lot of harm by creating a lot of anxiety around this situation, or we can just bring it all down put our investigative lenses on, start looking at, okay, where are the snags? What's causing the snag? Trust that your child really is doing the best that they can. If you need to send an email to the teacher that says, you know what, this is just outside of what we can do. So we're gonna do four. I know you asked for 40, but we're gonna do four and that's the best we can do. We're, do we're making an effort. Or if you have to send a note that says, none of this, all of this is outside of the scope of what my child can do in this setting. So um, we'll be doing math. We're going to use Khan Academy or I'm going to print off worksheets and I can send them to you. And I hope that they will, that you'll allow that for grades. Or the, is that something we can work on? Is there a workable solution within the school system? Um, and if not, don't worry about it. Your child, your children are learning. They're learning all of the time. And one of the things that we can be teaching them that's most valuable right now is what do we do when life gets really stressful? How do we handle it? How do we teach them how to handle this stress? Do we just pretend like it's not there? Do we just, you know, like kill ourselves and one another to meet the demands of an outside authority? Do we, do we pause? Do we look at it and go, yeah, I can see you're really struggling. I'm going to sit down with you this evening and we'll look at it together and I'll see what it is that's making this so difficult and we'll figure out a solution together. So how we handle it and what kind of support we offer our children, what kind of belief we have in the fact that we have more time than we realize. We have more time than we realize. And this is all going to work out. And so just to for everybody to bring the stress down, I know I think that probably the fact that we've got like the end of the semester coming and so now like everybody's like oh my god I have all these assignments that didn't get done and so we're trying to cram it all in or whatever and you know if you want to go that route maybe you know um, I've been known to do assignments for my child you do one I'll do one we'll tag team we'll get it done if that's doable and workable and that's going to be the solution hey that's fine but one thing that we know is um, turning this into a life and death crisis it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the mental health, the strain, uh, the anxiety, the depression, the self-loathing, 
the internal self-loathing dialogue that your children might be experiencing because this isn't tapping into their strong suit. It's not worth any of that. Um, I can tell that there are some really good comments in here, um, a little sidebars conversations, which I absolutely love. Um, hey, thank you, Kate. Casely, that's a neat name. Casely, thank you for letting your friend know about us. I wanna know what Bethany said. So I'm going to have to scroll, scroll. I'm scrolling through the comments. Um, let's see if I'm missing anything. My six all have some form of trauma and rat and other darkness. It's a nightmare for all of us. Same here, Mama. We should be friends. Yes, you should be friends. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I really want to have happen is for you guys, when you guys start noticing, whether it's in the Facebook Live or in the comments, people commenting or similar people liking posts, reach out and make friends because you know what? This is, this is a challenging journey and this particular time of a challenging journey with us all being home together, you know, try. And when you try, if it just becomes stressful, don't try to the point that you're breaking. You know, when you start feeling the stress amp and you know you're reaching that place of where this is all going to be very non-productive, you've probably gone about 10 minutes too long. And so start noticing your own bandwidth. Start noticing when you're already getting edgy. Start noticing your children. And, you know, try to set up situations where they feel successful. And if that means that you jump ship on all this uh, online schooling that's going on and you just bring it back to the things that you know like you know every engagement you know every everything that you do with them is learning and teaching you know they're watching how you manage this stress they watch how you cook the dinner and how you do the dishes and how you organize this and that and they can come help you when they can help you and Go flop on their bed. Maybe maybe what we really need to do at this time is just let it be a time where we reconnect, where we just focus on building the relationship because for most of our children, their struggle isn't going to be about academics. The struggle is going to be about relationship in the big picture. So maybe, maybe the invitation is um, that we just use this time Focus on building relationship, building safety, that foundation. Remember Maslow's hierarchy of need, the triangle, and at the bottom, we have those basic needs, food, clothing, and shelter. And right above that, the next thing is safety and security. And then above that, we have a relationship, and then we have productivity, and then we have insight. I might be missing something, but I think I pretty well got it. And so when we focus on the bottom parts of that pyramid, you know, maybe this is the time when you teach your kids how to how to cook certain meals or how to do laundry or I don't know. You know, there's a million things that you guys might decide to spend your time. Maybe it's time to pull out some crafts or music instruments, things that all are enhancing to our well-being and they're all learning. It's just not necessarily learning who was the president in 1892. So I hope you guys take something good out of that. Probably the biggest thing I would want you to take is just to bring it all down. Bring the stress down. Take some deep breaths. Let's not turn something into life and death that isn't. There's plenty of time. And trust that your children are learning all of the time. 
and trust that you are the expert on your children. So David, thank you for asking for this. I hope that there's something in it that helps you and your son. For the rest of you, thank you for your comments. We love you. We appreciate you. We love this community that we have here where we can build each other up and help each other feel connected and from that connection um, grow more close to your family. Um, as Brian reminded us, in any given situation, we have two choices. We can act out of our same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm. Those blueprints that are hiding back here in our subconscious, those blueprints that creep in when we feel like we need to please the teacher, those are all just blueprints. Examine them. Are they telling you the truth? We can take one to two to three to ten deep breaths. We can quiet our mind and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. You all stay blessed and take care.